0: hello and welcome to the second podcast of new polities podcast which we have just decided like literally just decided is going to be named the politics of tyranny that's because we thought how to kill a tyrant would get us on a watch list or canceled from youtube or something and we need we got to get them that youtube money yeah i mean that's where that's where we're really rolling in it we're also in an unfinished studio space so if you're if you're aesthetically repulsed by our surroundings uh it's not our fault it's actually your <laughs> fault donate oh <laughs> well, i like that donate to new polity to help us complete this here studio where we will be able to produce many more podcasts of dubious merit i think this one will be good though because we'll what you. we're doing is uh we believe that we live under a tyranny and i think Part of saying this is that it immediately associates you with a certain what right-wing tinfoil hat. Yeah, jobs, it? it's very militia. <laughs> you know, it's weird that it's right-wing because I feel like it used to be left-wing. Well, it was. Yeah, that's part of that's yeah. part of the way tyrannies operate. Yeah, but, but the point is the word <laughs> the, the word is loaded because it's sort of uh, it, it, it's like the counterpoint for um, or or rather it's the opposite of like liberty freedom truth, justice. And so the right. people that tend to be like, we live under a tyranny tend to have a very like American constitutional uh, approach to it. Uh, we really want to approach it more from the classical tradition, um, especially in the Aristotelian and then Thomistic definition of, of tyranny Absolutely. as a uh, rule for private gain.
1: Right. Absolutely. Right. Right. That's right. That's, that's the place to begin. And, and where I think, well, you know, sort of framing this, as you said, you started out by saying, we think we live under a tyranny.
0: I really do. I walk out of my I, house and yeah. I think... Into tyrant land.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we live, we do live under a tyranny, which is, it can be nice in a and, lot of ways. <laughs> and it's, it's an interesting thing because a lot of people are saying that now yeah. mm-hmm. and for a lot of people, this seems to have sort of cut them, caught them off guard because it, it seems to be at least on the conservative side of things that, that they didn't think they were living under a tyranny. What? 10 years ago, eight months ago, <laughs> I think. And then, and then of course, and then of course on the liberal side, they were living under a tyranny eight months ago right. but they weren't living one, under one four years and eight months ago
0: right but yes. then they
1: were before <laughs> obama when it was trump right. i mean when it was a uh, bush w. that was a tyranny yeah so we went from bush's theocratic the coming theocracy the horror i mean for those of us that are old enough to really remember that yeah i don't remember that i mean it was oh yeah man bush and cheney and the whole the whole thing Tyranny, tyranny, tyranny it was a, the United States was about to fall to like a handmaiden's tale type <laughs> theocracy. Sweet. So then we got Obama, the, the savior of progressivism, right. right? That, that
0: was, that's we, when I sort of woke up to politics.
1: Now we're, then we're not in a tyranny. Then right. Trump.
0: Tyrant again. Tyrant
1: Nazi. Tyrant. Yeah. Worst kind of tyrant. Now Biden, not ty- tyranny. Now the Republican side just flips that whole thing over. Right. Okay. So this is an interesting thing. So now we're back to a tyranny for the right wingers. Right. So. The thing that I think one of the places we would probably like to begin would to be to just sort of point out that we are in a tyranny and we have been in one and it's been getting worse over all of that time. Hmm. Right, so so this idea, this this sort of popular political le- level, the idea that there's this, like this flipping back and forth, and like one side is in charge and then the other side is in charge, and it's like, well, that's true on a sort of social level, like there are real factions and they're really fighting with each other about real things, mm-hmm. right? So we're not, I'm not trying to argue for some sort of, uh, you know, grand conspiracy where everyone's secretly on the same page or something like that. That's not that's not the point. Yeah, the they- point is that tyrannies are actually structural right right they're 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 a political form
0: which is why you know when when aristotle <clears throat> brings it up he can bring it up as a kind of governance so he's right. not saying like now we live under a tyrant he's saying okay here's monarchy here's democracy here's tyranny right exactly
1: exactly right and 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 thomas is even better on this than aristotle you know where where like you said tyranny tyrannical power is identified as as self-interested power. And then Thomas goes ahead to start to explain to us how tyrannies function, right? Like what they were, how they work in a sort of structural sense. And so, and so the argument that I think that we're going to want to, you and I are going to want to be making here is something along the lines that what we have going on politically. In the United States and in the West in general. That is something that has been going on for the last couple hundred years and has accelerated perhaps in, in since world war two, probably in in the United States anyway. And, and what is going on is the expansion of, um, of tyrannical forms of power at the expense of
0: non tyrannical forms of power. Right. Right. Which, which again, the kind of working definition here is just a tyrannical form of power is rule for private gain and then non-tyrannical forms of power are, are, it, or it rather is rule for the common good. Right. So,
1: and that's exactly right. So Thomas is very clear on this. Yeah. He, he lays this all out in one article very clearly. He says, the, in, 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 in response to the question of would there have been mastery in the garden of Eden, hmm. right? Human mastery over humans over humans. And he answers, he answers, well, it depends what you mean by mastery. There's two forms of mastery, right? That that's the basic format. And then he lays out these two forms. One of them is the form that we would call tyrannical, which is the form of a master and a slave where the one who has mastery uses the one over whom he has mastery as an instrument for the fulfillment of his ends. Right. And then the other form. And so th- th- it's a dehumanizing. It's basically like a form of property. Yep. And then the other form is power or mastery of one over another that is for the good of the one over whom it is wielded. Or and by extension for the common good, does that make sense? So the the master for the
0: good of the one over whom it's over wielded. whom it is so wielded, the under one. Yeah, so <laughs> the
1: one the one who's subject to the mastery.
0: Yeah, for the little guy, the little guy. Absolutely. We call this. And th- this already seems to make more sense out of um, as a description because, I mean, don't you think it's probably the case that even though people have their political teams, it seems like what's generally assumed is that our rulers rule for private gain. No one even. It's like it's like we like, all know that. Do you know think that. anyone really who like really wanted Trump to win? Do you think even in the depths of Trumpism that anyone thought like this man is motivated in his pursuit of the common good? Like do you, like I I I think I, I think so, yeah. You really do? Okay, but
1: but I don't think You're so. forcing me to be mean to to certain groups of people, but go ahead. I think that I think that the way tyranny works, part of the way in which it works is that there is an incoherence between what different groups or different factions think they're doing. Sure. Right. So it's not a coherent whole. Gotcha. It's not all oriented to one truth that is analogically participated in by different mo- in different modes or something, which is the way we start describing a regime of justice. But rather it's there are people who are true believers. Mm. But that those people are normally at the bottom of the social hierarchy. Sure. Right. Like, okay. But the guys at the top don't yeah. Right. N- no delusion there. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. Or or people who are who are paying attention, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think this is true of politics in general. I mean, when when for example, something that has been a topic of conversation around the new polity offices in, in the last few months has been has been the the reversals that we've seen in politics mm. in popular politics and how interesting these are right so so for example um in the 90s it, 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 i mean i think it was 1999 for example when we had the wto riots in seattle against globalization and those were left-wingers rioting against globalization so the right wing position was for globalization right. yeah the left was against globalization right now that has completely flipped to the right. point that someone the extreme right wing like an Alex Jones or something their enemy are the globalists the right, new totally. global order right, right. The, you know and the global corporations right are the bad guys to the right now which yep. the, the global corporations were always the bad guys to the left right. right but now they're not the biggest global corporations are the allies of the left so this is this is actually this is actually flipped right there's lots of other things like that immigration the same sort of way when i was growing up the right was the open borders party the the republicans were and the left were the the restricting immigration party the yeah. democrats were right that that has flipped um like we the, the whole even 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 ideas of of free trade have basically flipped yeah. right ironically and weirdly right free trade even internally right um i saw, i saw the other day uh, a, a while ago an article in a very very like fringy right wing newspaper um, and it was fascinating because it was about the child labor um, industry in Africa that was mining the minerals that we need for our cell phone batteries like cobalt. Yeah, yeah and it was about how horrible this was, right? <laughs> and this was a right
0: this yeah. was a right
1: wing <laughs> magazine. And it's like, oh my goodness, like 10 years ago, the right would never have suggested that comparative advantage in the third world right like having their labor markets serve our production was bad right right but so the whole even the whole discourse on human rights has is starting to shift right now to where the right is more concerned about human rights internationally and the left is like oh don't pay attention to how iphones are made right that's fine right (laughs) china's just doing great right so now the reason why i bring this up is not to say oh look everybody's a hypocrite and it's all flipping around It's to point out that what's really going on historically is this, this march of the tyrannical form, this extension of the tyrannical form. And I think that as that happens, there are points of friction or resistance, right? Human rights, free trade, and, and, and those, that resistance emerges in society. It's always there, but the dynamics or the alliances that are making up this the, the factions that's within society are are fluid and dynamic. These aren't these aren't like principled positions of one side and another mm. side. Do you see what I'm saying what sort I'm trying to I get? Mean, at? It,
0: so- it sounds like what you're saying is that the the I mean if you want rule for private gain, then inevitably you're going to as you try to enact it, there's going to be opposition right. to, to your be. personal rule for private gain. But right. you don't care, I mean as a tyrant, you don't care about your you don't have principles in right, tyranny. That's right. You simply want what works for you. Right. Right. So, as you enact that, maybe it's free trade, maybe it's not. But the point is that what what a tyrannical regime does is makes points of opposition to tyranny into issues. Right. So they become uh, issues around which you can take a side. So you can be pro free markets or not. You mm-hmm. can be you can be you know pro business or you know you can be against it. You can be, but the point is that the actual mechanisms by which the tyrant is gaining remain.
1: Yeah, they're being extended. I mean, that's that that's that's what's going on it, in, it in clar- the politics. It,
0: to me, this was clarified when when we we had briefly spoken about it in, in terms of abortion, mm-hmm. and I, and I think this is. This is a, a tougher one for Catholics, but I think it's very clarifying to see because it it seems like, I mean, from, from as far back as we can really know, um, the use of child sacrifice and abortion and population control has been a mechanism by which tyranny Absolutely. Uh, succeeds. Because right. if you can control actual numbers of people that you have in your rule, whether you're able to increase them or decrease them at will then you have more power to serve your own ends because yeah yeah and, and, and of just... course
1: of course introducing introducing a relationship of of personal gain so of negotiations or a relationship of scarcity of mutual benefit into the mother-child relationship yeah, is the is like the the final the final tyrannical push, right?
0: But if if this is <laughs> if this is something that help something that helps tyrants succeed mm-hmm. in their main goal, which is private gain, right? Um, then the difficulty is that, largely speaking, most people don't think killing children is good. That's the and problem. so in in being a tyrant, you of necessity create resistance to your own regime. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot of ways that you can crush resistance right you can you can go hard and make it like full-on divinity cult in which child sacrifice is simply the pious thing for your citizens to do and anyone who does not is offending the gods mm-hmm. you can just enforce it militarily china right china yep one child policy that sort of thing i think of pharaohs you think of you think of the chinese yeah right, kind of, right okay <laughs> this this will become typical i think of <laughs> okay. the of the of the uh, series here right But the point is that another thing you can do to preserve your mechanism for um, control over the population for the sake of private gain is to frame the killing of children, abortion, population control as a issue that is fundamentally a taken up by a side or a faction. Mm -hmm. So it's like it becomes instead of something that could rally universal opposition and actually unite people into opposing tyranny itself, um, it becomes a way in which the population is divided over the issue Mm -hmm. uh, and it becomes associated with different factions. So Mm -hmm. right now it's the Republican Party. is the associated pro-life faction. Mm -hmm. That ensures that the actual practice remains.
1: Right, because it becomes... It becomes institutionalized mm-hmm. it becomes a part it rises and falls with a whole bunch of party planks right and so it's not upfront it always is a, a point of compromise it's always a point of discussion it's right. always a right and, and so to, it, to the it, point
0: that a Republican can can and I frankly most do can oppose abortion without any passion or effort towards ending it that's right because you can take it precisely as an issue mm-hmm And in a similar way, a Democrat can or a, you know, generally liberal side of things person can have it as can promote it without passion.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) and then even more, perhaps more nefariously, is that people who do feel very passionate about it Mm -hmm. feel get kind of their prudence starts to dictate to them that the most effective way to eradicate abortion is to work within this system. Like Mm -hmm. there are people here, we got to work in the party, we got to get, we got to move this stuff through the the channels, we got to do all that. And, and, you know, it remains to be seen whether or not there's any much fruit is going to come from that sort of a strategy. But, but the point that you're making is that had it never been institutionalized like that to begin with, it could have become a radical point of resistance against a tyrannical regime Mm -hmm. itself, Right. right? The killing of children like slavery or like things like that is a, is an issue that should broker should should allow no compromise Mm -hmm. right and so and it's it's one that people would be willing to fight over
0: right and and what it does so what what dividing um all points of opposition to tyranny it's just a mechanism of tyranny itself to ensure its perpetuation I, i mean that sounds kind of like a
1: We don't have to imagine this as some sort of top down conspiracy. Right. I think it's more of a sociological observation that this is when people behave self interestedly, this is the sort of thing they they do because it's effective for them. Mm -hmm. Right. They I I think self interested, powerful people aren't like when we say they're cynical, that's even that's even perhaps sometimes sometimes true directly, but I think often it's even worse than that, (laughs) if it's possible. What I mean is that they come to believe whatever is useful to them. Sure. So it's just, it's just the, 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 the way in which their actions and their beliefs are connected is inverted. Right. You see what I'm saying?
0: And you, you think that the fluidity of like the fundamental political positions that they can be tossed back and forth between the mm -hmm. left and the right, um, is evidence that what, what those points of, uh, what those fluid points are, are in fact moments in which the tyranny itself could be opposed. But is not being. Because That's right. There's a mechanism by which it becomes an argument between factions. That's right. And the actual. So yeah. so
1: so an example would be, you know, if the left, if the less, if the left is opposed to corporate power. Yeah. Um, when it's in a minority position when it becomes, when that party, the Democrat party or whatever, when the sort of political winds shift in such a way, social shit winds shift in such a way that it becomes the controllers of the corporate power, then it no longer resists corporate power, but voila, now the Republicans resist corporate power, right? right, right. right? And, and the point is that the resistance of corporate power and the extension of corporate power, so this is the historical dynamic that is going on is the extension of this tyrannical power and the ever retreating resistance to it and the the particular factions you know and the names we call them are fluid and contingent mm-hmm. right yeah, so so i mean i think that when when you see this i mean for example i mean i'll give you some just Crazy examples. So I grew up in Seattle outside of Seattle, right? Right. The left, uh, super progressive, one of the most progressive places in the, in the country, in the world. And, um, sort of the stereotype of that whole culture is that it's just this morally, um, permissive culture, right? And, and so, and so Christians are always charging it with moral relativism and all this sort of thing. And yet I, I was watching, I watched MLS soccer, professional soccer, which I know people think is weird, but whatever. I like it. And <laughs> I was watching the sounders play and this huge billboard, a uh, huge billboard in the stadium, just big, bold print. What's wrong is wrong. What's wrong is wrong. All, all caps. Nice. Right. It's like, wow, man. And so and this is obviously they're talking about like racism and anti-vaxxing. And they're talking about all this kind of stuff now that they have this moral high ground on, right. And they're declaring their opponents to be wrong because they're wrong. And it's amazing because it's like, I look at that, that sounds like 10 years ago, what a kind of crazy Southern Baptist Christian would have said, what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And you're not, it's not up to you to determine which is which, you know, and, and now now they're the the sort of people on the right are the ones saying, what about free speech and tolerance and diversity of opinion? And it's like, this is an amazing, this is an amazing shift. And people go, Oh, it's so inconsistent. It's like, no, it's not inconsistent.
0: Yeah. And you see this, right. It's
1: not inconsistent at all.
0: You you see this in the, um, in the way that the right generally has totally given. I mean, I'm just saying the converse of what you said, like given up on any kind of moral pose, Mm -hmm. like, that's for the left to do now, right now, what makes you a real right winger is like a certain brashness and a willingness to curse and, and to, and to like, you know, F your feelings sort of thing, which was absolutely what I would have otherwise associated with the left. Totally. Previously. Well, I think it would have been the style of the left, even 10 or 15 years. And ago. Now the left is like crushingly moralistic. Yes, like, like purity code type, type uh, insufferable. Yeah,
1: absolutely insufferable. But, but what's happened to your point, what's happened in the right is that the, the resistance to the power now of the left has been largely to retreat, not to morality, but to individualism, Mm. right? Like a sort of libertarian Mm -hmm. notion of individual freedom, individual Mm -hmm. Mm self-determination, right? As if that's an opposition. That's an, uh, that's an opposing position to tyranny, which is nothing but the use of power for self-interest.
0: Yeah. Right. So it's it's like, it's it's like
1: you're, all you're saying is when you, when you, when you oppose it that way, is that you, you think that tyrannical power ought to be diffused more widely. And, and, and that's misunderstanding how tyranny itself works. That, that is an impossibility, right? right? Tyrannical power, self-interested power necessarily accumulates into the hands of certain more powerful people. Right. Right. A society of self-interested, of, of, of a, a sea of self-interested individuals does not exist and cannot exist.
0: Although there is a way in which... I mean, not in having No, no I, I, I know what you mean. I, and I just want to...
1: I mean, they, what... can, they can exist as a society of slaves.
0: Right. But the slave is like the tyrant in certain yes, ways. Yes, that's right. A, yeah. And I think... I mean, know... what
1: I mean is the libertarian fantasy won't exist.
0: Sure. But I think it's important to say, like, one <sighs> of the presumptions of classical political philosophy is, I mean, I think of the, I think in the biblical quote, like as goes the ruler, so, go, so goes the people. Maybe mm-hmm. it's as go the priest, right. so go the people. But, and the principle is that you are becoming like each other. So the, the thing that we think is like, well, the tyrant's the big bad guy and you know, he's the tyrant because everyone else is like the good guy who's oppressed by the, yeah tyrant. but that's, that's not the it's not place. the case. Like within a kind of, monarchy ideally when Aquinas talks about it, it's precisely that you have people participating in this idea of kingship that makes the kingship efficacious through the whole society. Right. So, and in, in terms of a in democracy, even precisely in as we're all become citizens is how you can have a functioning democracy. And it's similar, I think with, with tyranny is that you have to attempt to participate in tyrannical power as tyrannical power, that is self-interested private gain. That's why you do what you do Mm -hmm. in order for the tyranny itself to work. That's right. Yeah. Because people that are self-interested can be, um, manipulated, manipulated. Yeah.
1: Right. So, I mean, this, this is true. This is, so this is the master slave relationship is a great way to see this. Right? So, so why does a slave obey a master, his master? And, and the, the typical answer is because he's afraid of him, right? And, and so he either is afraid of punishment or he's seeking the reward the master can give him either way. But the point is he's not obeying the master because of the truth of the command of the master. Right. Right. He's not obeying him because it's good to do so. Right.
0: As Jesus said, when he just, dis- when he... When he defines slavery, he says the slave does not know what the That's master right. is Right. So doing. he's
1: obeying him out of self, out of some form of right. personal gain, even if it's the gain of not being not, killed, of not being hurt. Not yeah. being hurt. Yeah. And that, of course, is reinforcing the action of self interest, which reinforces the vices of self interest, which are the same vices that motivate the master. Right. So the master and the slave, like you were saying, become the symbiotic sort of relationship, <laughs> but it's a, a relationship of symmetry and, and of, of
0: terror which is right? and yeah which is why when you when you speak about tyranny you have you have to get over this idea of the bad guy ruling over the good guys which is i think naturally how right. how people that are in tyrannies would imagine yeah <laughs> tyranny to look because everyone's the good guy when yeah and, and
1: it's <laughs> it's 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 true in a certain sense i'll get to why i think it's sure. true in a certain
0: sense but you go ahead well i mean i mean to say that um our vices make up the form of government that we are under. Um That's right. We are not somehow I mean it, it, this is the this is the whole point of like any thoughtful political theory is that your ability to rule and then your the power of the ruler is a relationship. Right. And so any discussion of like well what is the form of rule is a description of a relationship.
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this this uh, this is actually obvious. I think in that, if if a population, I mean, aside from like short term anomalies, so if we're talking about any sort of sustained governance, right, if a population is not self interested, so it's not tyrannical in its form, then it will resist an attempt at tyranny um, effectively, right? Even if it, all the way to the point of being killed right yeah because it'll committed. say hey
0: that so, guy's guy just using his power for private gain let's kill him
1: let's yeah let's not do what he says he's not in charge so so <laughs> like like what thomas says is, is something to the effect of and you might remember this exact quote because you're good at that but that that something to the effect that um that men vicious men place themselves under the rule of of more powerful vicious men because they think they'll gain from doing so
0: yeah, yeah, they're climbers. Become right, they're
1: climbers. And so this is the reason climbers. why when I was asserting that the libertarian fantasy does, won't work is because a, a, a bunch of self-interested people become not only predatory upon yes. each other, but they become also um, opportunistic with each other. And that, that dynamic creates then structures of, of tyranny and domination.
0: And maybe we should slow down this point because I think it's fantastic and so obvious. I don't know how – wait, I'm getting a call on my dumb phone. it's an ad for people to get dumb phones. Oh, we're good. Okay. It's very obvious to me that, you know, this idea that you will somehow by virtue of being free people who get to do what you want. It's this weird remnant of Christianity that you think that will always end in like virtuous behavior. Like we'll all be good because we all get to do what we want and we're all free and our end is just to have freedom of action. Like the, the libertarian it's the weirdest it's the when if you actually look at like what people do when they have freedom it's obvious that they very often choose to do what is most advantageous of them which often is to become servile right like yes that's exactly if you've worked in a company if you've worked just any job you've seen this that the people that are most like i want to do what i want and i want to get ahead and i want to like you know that have most uh, uh, a self-interested view of what they're doing are the most likely to essentially suck up to management right because and it will work and they will get ahead and they will become managers (laughs) well yeah i mean i mean that that
1: libertarian fantasy is weird right so if if the objective is of everyone is to maximize their wealth Mm -hmm. right then it becomes it becomes an obvious strategy of the littlest guys to work, to maximize the wealth of the bigger guys so that they get paid because that's the only way they can do it. That's why. Right. And,
0: that's why libertarianism and socialism make total sense. Together. Yeah. They make total
1: sense together. Right. And, and, and so anyway, it, what I think I feel like we, we what we, what we want to talk about here, what I want to try to get at is, is this, is this understanding of the, of the, the sort of arc of recent history, political history, mm-hmm. and that. And that this, what this form of tyranny that we're talking about, both, both the, the tyrannical leaders and the tyrannical pot, the tyrannical population, yep. the, the, the respective population is something that has been growing yeah. and the way, and it's growing at the expense of another form of social order, right? So, so there is a f- forms of social order that are based upon that. The second form of mastery that I talked about the form of mastery that is mastery for the weaker party and therefore for the common good. And that this form, the, the, the form that this form of power takes is historically say the form that we see in families and churches and communities and guilds and in these sorts of, uh, nested networks of associations Mm -hmm. of personal care. And concern
0: right when you right? Moti- when your motivation is for the other your motivation is for the other
1: and not and not for yourself and they're and they're intimate and tend to be small enough and intimate enough that any action that is self-interested becomes immediately identified as such and eliminated mm-hmm. right um and refused access to these structures
0: right i mean you see this in the family most obviously right if right. someone is acting if the father or mother begin to act for self-interest it's it's horrible yeah it's abuse and immediately it's like felt, our definition of abuse and right.
1: immediately felt as something wrong mm-hmm. and i think that works the same way with these other these other forms of association mm-hmm. and so what i think we see historically speaking is that is that in at the, at the birth of modernity you have a society that is mostly governed by those forms, mostly governed from that long inheritance of Christianity.
0: In which power is oriented to lifting up the weak.
1: Power, yeah, and, and oriented towards, and, and, which is another way of saying towards the common good, right? Yes. Because the common good is this, this corporate movement from the imperfect to the perfect, the movement towards our end, which is happiness together, right? Mm-hmm. And so there's this, the 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 those who have achieved more power reach down and elevate those who are lower into the, into participation in their power, which is the movement of the whole towards the end. Right. Which is perfection, easy happiness. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's a, it's, that's the basic dynamic of the common good. Right. And so, yeah, these forms are forms that are oriented towards the common good, which is another way of saying towards the weak, I think, um, and at the birth of modernity, the vast majority of society is actually governed by these forms. So we would say the regime, like if we're, so we're so used to talking about unitary political regimes that we think about the state and we don't realize that that that's a part of the ideology of tyranny that we're talking about. The fact that we talk about it that way, like we have to stop thinking that way. We have to, we have to understand that a society that's governed by these other forms has a different regime Mm. and it's not the tyrannical regime. It's this form, this regime, which Mm -hmm. is a regime of the, the, the form of mastery, the sort of just form of mastery. And so what I think what happens at the beginning of modernity is that a, a, there's a tyrannical regime set up, which we will call the state, right? Um, that's sort of extracted out of that and, and established as, as this umbrella under which those forms are allowed to continue to function only and, now and, and, as the private.
0: Right. And, you're, right. and I know you're speaking theoretically but practically speaking you're talking about the actual building of nation states that's
1: right yeah so the construction of the state as a hegemonic entity that that begins in a very limited form right like the state you read john locke or something like that like the state is imagined as having very sort of rudimentary and um really reactionary functions just,
0: just keeping everyone together you know yeah and then, and then but you
1: guys live your life through these other forms these right. associations and forms that you've been living your lives through for time out of mind right? right and and that'll be allowed to continue to function but what's actually occurred is is a decisive shift because the coercive apparatus that that is in christian in christian regimes always this sort of ad hoc remedial apparatus that that permeates that whole regime of interlocking networks is now being monopolized into one thing, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: right. And sucked out and monopolized into one entity, Mm -hmm. which leaves these other forms in a many, in many ways, helpless or or helpless in the sense of resisting that tyranny. Right. Right. Um, And so then what I think happens historically then is you have this liberalism has this genius, sort of distinction between the public and the private, but the private is really actually in, in, in many ways, the actual regime that people are living under and the public is this sort of distant state. But then the dy- historical dynamic is the sort of imperialism of that tyrannical form into and through those lingering forms of governance of the old regime. Mm-hmm. Right, and that is a, a, a centuries long transition right and it's a transition of of really converting the culture itself out of a culture of of concern for neighbor and into a culture for concern for self
0: which is what enables particular accumulation of power exactly so let's i can give you i can give an example i think that maybe would be helpful which would be something like um
1: uh, something like the family in say, say, say the 1950s American typical American suburban family. Right. Where you have, uh, the, 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 husband who goes off to work every day, the mother who stays home. Right. Um, and, and does all the housework and cares for the kids and cooks the food and does all this kind of stuff. And she does all of this without pay. Right. The husband goes off and works in the corporate governmental public realm, but there's this whole private realm with all this private work that's being done. For love, right? These, this is a structure that is not a structure of self-interest, but a structure of donation or gift, right? Of lingering form. Okay. Now there's an immense amount of value there. If you look at it sort of cynically, think of all the hours of labor, all the brain power, all the work, all the, all the goods that can be consumed, all the products that could be sold, all the commercialization that could occur. And so when you look at then what happens over from the 1950s to today, it's like, well, that's exactly what you see happening, isn't it? Is that all the various steps, all the various late bits of work that all those wives, all those women mothers were doing is now commercialized. You have someone who comes to clean your house, someone else that does the yard work, someone else who raises your children, someone else who, you know, you go out to dinner and have someone else who cooks your meals. And the and then the, and the wife herself goes off and works for some big company. And so all that structure that was not a part of that public regime now is, Mm -hmm. right? But nothing has changed constitutionally, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's no, we're not talking about some sort of legal regime. We're not talking about some sort of political revolution, but it is a legitimate extension of one regime at the expense of another regime so now the regime of self-interest the the lady cleaning your house is doing it out of self-interest you going to your corporate job you're doing it out of self-interest the waiter at the restaurant is doing it out of self-interest right all of the 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 work that was once done out of care for the other is now been appropriated into self-interest now what happens there of course is, is in every one of those transactions um there's there's value that can be scraped off there's um, you There's know, taxes that can be taken out. There's yeah. profit to be had, mm-hmm. right? There it, data to be collected, data to be collected. Yeah. But in all of it, solidarity decreases, right? Like the the network of love that makes for structures of power that are not susceptible to tyranny right. is diminished,
0: right.
1: Yeah. yeah, right, is diminished. And that and that's the dynamic that leads to like what we what we're seeing today is just like the nearing the completion of the project.
0: Right, yeah. Right,
1: yeah. Like, like nodes of resistance are vanishing to the point where we have this sort of like memory of resistance, but we can't find it. Mm-hmm. It's like, why aren't we resisting? Why aren't there protesters? Why are there? And it's like, well, cause no one knows anyone. Like, how would you protest? Like, right. where would you even find any, have any friends? I mean, we don't have any like associations that are capable of action. We don't have any leaders that would tell us right. to go out there and do it. We don't have, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. And if you, you think about like the fact that all labor, I mean, to a vast extent has become alienated and, and a part of, um, just the production of corporate profits. Well, that just means that there's no, uh, that everyone is susceptible to threat by fine. Now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So one of, the, one of the questions of tyranny is that you you need to, to be a tyrant, you need to have a larger scale than is healthy. Mm-hmm. Because like we were talking about, you need to hide the fact that you're just working for private gain. Right. And while it's very hard to do that within a group of 10 people, like you'll get yeah. called out and then be yeah. in the corner. <laughs> it's, it's much easier to do with like 93 million people or 300 million people. Right. If you're looking at, yeah. I don't know how many, there's a lot of people. In America, anyways, 340 million, it's a lot. So it's easy not to notice, despite all of our media, the the pursuit of private gain in, in, in the ruler. Yeah. Um, but the the fact that the last 300 years have been a story by which workers have been deprived of any ownership. Mm-hmm. and of any um productive ownership so they cannot produce for themselves and for their families means that you've created a society of people who are enormously susceptible to um being manipulated to do something versus another thing through the use of fines so like your employers can be fined for not giving a vaccine would totally be right the, this current uh mandate right um but that developing a society of people that can be controlled by saying um you know, I'm not going to give you this benefit or I'm going to take away this amount of money was a project of hundreds of years. That's right. Where like if you go to, I mean, outside of actual like coercive, I'm going to take your land and property. Mm-hmm. Uh, 200 years ago, even the idea that you could get people to do what you want. It would have been absurd. By laughable. M- manipulating their pay. It was not even possible. Laughable. You have to first, and, and this is why this goes back to this idea of like... Um, different sort of political issues that precisely insofar as their issues uh mean that what, what's being hidden is that is the is the sort of mechanism mm-hmm. of, of tyranny and one of those is obviously the absolute destruction of productive property or like the absolute destruction of the distribution of any productive property which has created a, a population of people who are um easy to move around well, yeah, and, and you got to have that. I, I mean,
1: you know, now I'm going to really feel like I'm going, I'm going on the right, on the right wing side. But sometimes they're just really right about things. Like for example, the 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 targeting and destruction of the small businesses mm-hmm. in the last few years, the last two years, right? That that the people who are on the receiving end of the destruction wrought by a lot of the COVID uh, uh, fallout have been the small businesses, and the people who benefit immensely are the large, the large corporations. Absolutely. But this is just a, a, almost like an acceleration towards the goal, which is the, which, which would be the elimination of those diffused nodes of
0: power. Because when you, right? when you have means, then you're less scared. You're less scared. Right. And when you're less scared, you are less. Uh, you can be less manipulated by people that want to scare you or you scaring you as right. a way to move you, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is what tyrants right. have to do. That's exactly right. But because the thing, since they're working for their private gain, they cannot motivate your love.
1: But the thing, the, thing, the thing that people need to see, especially people on the right, is that a healthy regime of small businesses is not a regime of universal profit seeking. Right. Right. Like people who run their small businesses overwhelmingly love their businesses. There's there there's an they're a vocation for them. There's something that they care about. Mm-hmm. It's not just the pursuit of wealth. If it's just the pursuit of wealth, they go work for Amazon.
0: Right. And, right? and then you're just a, a, a large business that's thwarted. Yeah, <laughs> that's that loses, you know, and that sells out as soon as you
1: start making any money and a big company buys you off, right? Totally. right? Which is like what happens to all the little tech startups and stuff, mm-hmm. because they really are just about money. Mm-hmm. Right. And 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 so, what we're talking about if we start talking about regimes of diffused property, diffused power, is that we are talking about regimes that are not fundamentally based upon self interest right and and this this is the thing that that the people on the right certainly mm-hmm. have to wake up to big time right yeah. <laughs> like you know, otherwise otherwise they don't they don't don't have you think
0: it would be i mean I feel like we're coming to something of a close here yeah, don't you think it would be an obvious? Uh, political uh, success story or, or at least a way of resisting tyranny for the kind of conservative voices to just drop, just completely drop self-interest and as a, as a like express motivating part of like American conservatism, it seems like if you could actually be a, a I, sort of I feel- soapbox for the old order of protecting the weak, yeah, I think that would win. I mean, it would I be, think that could win. It I don't would think, be cynical I, I, at first. <laughs> I don't think people are
1: aware that that's an option. No, you're right. So so I think that I think that a lot of they don't like they think, you know, you listen to some of these guys on the radio, Sean Hannity or something like that, and it's like they're opposed to the state, they're opposed to the big power grab, they're opposed to all this, but they have nothing to counter it with. Like they can't find anything. Right. And so like the best they can do is like, you're not going to get as rich as you would have, the economy is not going to be as good. And your 401k is not going to do as well. And it's like, dude, that is not an argument against these guys. Like all these guys are doing, are trying to maximize their own wealth. And for you to say, Hey, you're trying to maximize your wealth. And these guys are going to keep you from doing it. So you should win. It's like, that's not really a philosophical debate.
0: No. Right. It's like when the conservatives uh, are like, (laughs) look how poor people are in socialist countries. It's like, that's not the point. Yeah, (laughs) like is this is the way we should live? Just which mechanism makes us the most rich? Well, then we're just we. Well, then we are the
1: world we have. Yeah, like the people, the the the, like. There's no reason for self interested profit seeking people, purely profit seeking people, to respect um, the like uh, dictates of libertarian theory. Right. Like, why would they? Right. Why wouldn't they use the power of the state to advance their own interests? Obviously, they would, totally. which is obviously what they do. Right. right. So, and that's historically what has occurred. Yeah. Right. This shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. Yeah. So the idea that you can somehow isolate self-interest in some sort of private realm and then keep the public realm as a realm of like service or something is bizarre to the extreme in my yeah, mind right. right I mean that that just can't possibly work I mean this this I think this movement towards a culture of 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 self-interest so a culture of tyranny is is also behind what we see when people talk about, how vicious politics have become or how polarizing it all is and how we are all fighting with each other. Now I have heard this and, and it's like, as if there's real factions and, and it's like, it's like, this is what you would expect among a community that has become. Self-interested in its sort of, um, cultural core, right? It's like, they are going to bicker and squabble and fight with each other because that's what selfish people do. Yeah. Right, and so it's not. There's a unity in that disunity. Right, yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying. There's a yeah. way in which we look at it and go, Yeah, that's one culture, mm-hmm. that's one corrupt culture that's yeah. doing that, that's behaving that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I'm what I'm getting at?
0: No, yeah. I think I think I do, and I think I think it's what we want to discuss throughout this this <clears throat> series is the ways in which an old order um, in which power is orientated towards the weak for the common good is replaced by a new order in which, uh, powers for the sake of private gain, AKA tyranny. tyranny. And that this isn't just a, we have to get over a certain world historical vision. I think that we're sometimes possessed with of, you know, tyrants being the strong man who, who kind of rules in a time of crisis or chaos and, and really take Aquinas seriously and say okay every every mo- every place in which there is peace abundance and in which people are not working for their own self-interest but in fact are, are working for the common good is a potential place of conversion to to the tyrannical form that's right and there's yep. not a lot of those places left in some that's ways. right and i yeah. think people who you know yeah who speak to us sometimes send us emails about their their lives and cities or their um, their work are often very distraught because they find like you say you, you look around and you find no place in which there isn't this tyrannical operation. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do is basically just call it out. Like there is there's different ways of transferring um, an order of of um distributed power mm-hmm. into an order of selfish power let's say or however you want to uh, the christian regime into the tyrannical regime right um you, it's one thing to to turn a family into a tyrannical family it's another thing to turn business into tyrannical business It's another thing to turn even technology or like uh like actual production yeah into even, a even the church form. itself tragically yeah the church absolutely uh, population size borders i mean th- it is a uh, the intellectual life the universities i mean the pursuit of knowledge to move yeah, from right. one to the other. And in a way, like this is, I mean, this is a negative podcast, right? Like this is a... a... Well, I
1: think at every step we have to start articulating also how resistance can...
0: Well, but you don't presence. know that resistance is possible until you understand what exactly the oppression of tyranny is. Mm-hmm. The oppression of tyranny is not the moment at which the guy says, you have to do this and you find yourself unable to resist. That's the end. That's the fringes. That's where it's failing. Well, actually, like when yeah, the guy yeah. when the gun shows up, yeah, that's 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 where the
1: tyranny hasn't quite been built.
0: That, well, yet. because that's when the tyranny meets, meets an order that is, is resistant, and so right. it has to it has to actually yeah. No, the the real tyranny
1: it. is when everyone's going along,
0: right. And so what we want to do is kind of historically trace um, the mechanisms of tyranny, like how exactly this transfer of power is. How do you make people selfish in in the most intimately selfless? Uh, institutions Mm -hmm. how do you make that change happen Um, and it's a lot of work I mean this is the thing a a tyranny is not this like it really is a historical phenomenon it's like tyranny doesn't just have to do one thing versus another it has options it has Mm -hmm. tools it has a whole tool belt and there's similarities um, between its different methods but I think what's fascinating about it is that it always approaches with this sort of choice of how to trick people into giving up their virtue their selflessness in order to become self-interested i mean right. at each point there's different ways of doing which it.
1: is which is the trick of selling yourself into slavery right i mean that that it's be tricking people into servility
0: yeah that's right so my goal here is i'm, I'm go- i think i'm going to provide a like a sort of biblical perspective on this because i think the bible is actually a story about tyranny and and a limited resistance to it that's ultimately successful because of God and and the grace he gives in the incarnation of his son. I think that's what the Bible is. It's a, which is why when it, <laughs> which is why it's just, I'm sorry. It's when they, when they, when they published, I forget the first like popular printed version of, of the Bible, uh, Geneva Bible, right? Wasn't that it? No, no it's Gutenberg. No, but it's one, maybe it was one point is one of the first, uh, in, in English anyways, oh okay. Was, um heavily footnoted for all of the sections of the bible that had to do with saint james you're talking about the yeah james, yeah yeah, the, oh, really yeah king yeah. james i'm sorry saint james i wish <laughs> king james bible it was heavily uh footnoted so that anytime there was a discussion in the bible of kings behaving badly yeah there is this sort of uh exegesis that this was not in fact anything like you know our english sort of yeah. regime james is,
1: the 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 who sits on the very throne of god right exactly yeah of course so so
0: ty- tyrants know that the bible is a story about tyranny uh-huh. and i think that christians need to understand that the bible is also a story about tyranny and, and about yeah and about freedom right yeah, and yeah. so that that's my contribution and i think your contribution here is that you actually know things about what you talk. <laughs> I don't know. I certainly talk about things. <laughs> okay, so thank you so much for uh, for jumping on board. We hope that this is a good, hopefully a good introduction, and hopefully a good way to think about why um, the fluidity of of our the, of our most contentious politics, in fact, is a is unified when you describe it as a service to the spreading of a tyrannical regime as it slowly marches through an older Christian order. Um, that's what we're going to be talking about so if you're on board for the ride we're happy to have you yep thanks okay till next time bye see ya